Hello, and welcome to Pandemic Mama, the podcast that brings you honest conversations about having a baby during COVID-19 times. I'm Irina Gonzalez, a journalist, new mom, and your host. This is episode 21, and today I'm talking with Blair Briotti. She is a freelance writer, author, and soon-to-be new mom. We talked about her multiple miscarriages, getting a hypothyroidism diagnosis, and why she thinks everyone should get preconception counseling. Plus, how her pandemic worries have taken over all other pregnancy anxieties, something we can all relate to, I think. So stay tuned after the break. But first, if you want to connect with fellow parents going through the craziness of having a baby in 2020 and into 2021, please join the Pandemic Mama Podcast Facebook group by searching for Pandemic Mama Podcast or heading to facebook.com slash groups slash Pandemic Mama Pod. Thanks. Today with Blair Briotti. She is a freelance writer and author and is currently pregnant. Welcome, Blair. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. Um, so I guess I, well, where I usually start these conversations is where were you in your pregnancy or, you know, parenting journey when the pandemic started, but I guess you weren't even pregnant yet. Um, but do you want to no. take me back to how you were feeling last year? Yeah. So at that time, like early March, we had been trying for almost a year trying to get Mm. pregnant. And I had gone through one miscarriage at that point. We had gone through a miscarriage in the fall of 2019. Mm -hmm. And so we were um, debating like, oh, okay, this is a scary time in the world. Do we even want to keep trying? Like this is what should we do? And Mm -hmm. we decided that, you know, we had already been trying a long time and it was, um, felt like waiting, you know, we didn't know how many months we would be waiting to try and like what the future held. And so we just decided, you know, like life has to go on and we'll just keep, keep trying. And that I did get pregnant again shortly after that. I think it was like early April, Um, and then we had another miscarriage at about eight weeks. Um, so that, that was kind of my, uh, introduction to the pandemic. It was not, not the best time. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Did you have to go to the hospital with that miscarriage? Uh, so yeah, both of them were discovered at the first ultrasound. And so I did a a DNC for both of them. Oh, I'm so so sorry. Yeah. That second one was definitely rough because you know my husband could be in the room with me at the first one Mm -hmm. and like uh, that second one you know he couldn't come in and it was um yeah just kind of like my worst nightmare realized of like okay this is happening Mm -hmm. again and we're now in this kind of horrible pandemic situation where I don't have the same support um Mm -hmm. so yeah it, it I did have to go in to get get that done yeah yeah, that's that sounds really hard. Were you able to find support afterward? I mean, I know obviously you had a completely different experience and support, you know, had to be virtual or whatever or like how did it go? Yeah. Um honestly, there's yeah, I mean, definitely through like my friends and family. I had a, a lot of support of people mm-hmm. just being there for me. But as far as like the the healthcare system, I there really wasn't much that they offered and Mm. it it definitely 
now, you know, now that I am in pregnant, am pregnant with a viable pregnancy and it's going fine. Mm-hmm. It, it really, I don't know. I kind of feel angry sometimes when I think back of like how little is offered to women going through miscarriages. And it's, mm-hmm. I mean, especially during the pandemic, I understand that everyone probably at the hospital and clinics were scrambling and didn't know what right. to do. But even after the first one, like there really, you know, wasn't much offered. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, having a viable pregnancy and, and going further and, you know, along in that, my third pregnancy, I felt like almost like there was so much support. They suddenly were like offering me these support groups and classes and, and just like people, you know, calling me and saying, Oh, we're just checking in. And like, do you have any questions? And, and I was kind of like, this is great. Like I, I'm happy that this is offered, but like, where was Mm -hmm. this support? When like I was going through, you know, my two miscarriages last year. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Why, why is uh, that not offered? So yeah, it was it was lacking. I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, unfortunately, and not to get too political into this, but you'll find that, um, you know, after having the baby, it kind of also dies down. I mean, everything tends to get focused on the baby and you see your pediatrician tons, but like you, you know, most women in the U S at least only have like one postpartum appointment and that's about it. And like, I mean, I haven't heard from my doctor pretty much since. Which is crazy. Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of tough. Cause you're right. Like we do. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember that I also had a miscarriage. Um, and I remember, I remember the same thing. Like my doctor was like, well, you know, go get some blood tests. And and then it was a miscarriage and she was like, okay, well, you know, call me next time you're pregnant basically. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, it's like not, there's not a lot of information. There's not a lot of support. There's not, honestly, like it's, it's interesting to me because a lot of doctors don't even have a conversation with you about why it might've happened. I mean, I know a lot of times we don't know, and it could be a fluke for a lot of people, but still mm-hmm. like, there's not a lot of like anything. So yeah, it, it definitely was. And I mean, just the fact that your doctor suggested doing some testing afterwards, mm-hmm. um, it's more than my doctor offered. I mean, she just said, Oh, this is, this is just bad luck. This just happens. Try yeah. again. Yeah. And then it was only, you know, after the second one that, that I really started pushing to do more testing. Mm-hmm. And um I and I even got some pushback. They said, Oh, well, we typically don't test until after three miscarriages. Yeah. Yeah. I love I, I remember hearing that too. And I was like, Really? Yeah, like, and- you want me to wait for three? Like seriously. Yeah, I was shocked. I was like, mm-hmm. Are you serious? You're gonna tell me to like go through this again, potentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so I did do testing and that's when we discovered that I had, um, you know, after a very simple blood test that really was mm-hmm. not difficult to do that I had hypothyroidism, mm-hmm. which means like I have an underactive thyroid. Right. Um, and uh, these like positive thyroid antibodies that mean I have like uh, autoimmune disease called mm-hmm. Hashimoto's. Mm-hmm. And both of those can like dramatically increase your chance of miscarriage. And right. are pretty simple to, um, you know, quote unquote, fix with like some medication. Mm-hmm. And so just finding that out, I was, I was pretty angry because I was like, this, why didn't we test, do this testing at one miscarriage or, mm-hmm. um, you know, before, before I even, you know, we were trying to get pregnant because I went to the doctor before we were trying to get pregnant. And 
yeah. wanted to talk to my family doctor about any potential mm-hmm. issues and, and, you know, like none of this was done. Really? So. Wow. Yeah. So I had a little bit of a similar story because I discovered, um, I had Hashimoto's. Well, I, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's as a teen, but I, it basically like subsided and my thyroid, like sometime in my twenties, like acted normally. So I wasn't, I was no longer like hypo, you know, um, I no longer had hypothyroidism. So like, even mm-hmm. though I still had the autoimmune disease, like my thyroid was acting fine pretty much up until, you know, 2020 when we started getting trying to get pregnant. And I remember it wasn't even my OBGYN. It was my, I went to my, um, I went for like a regular checkup in March. And by that point we've been trying for like three months to get pregnant. And I asked, I like specifically asked my general practitioner for like all the blood tests you could do. Cause I was like, I was like, you know, we're trying to get pregnant this year. Like I, I was just like pushing on, you know, I just wanted to make sure that all my, you know, vitamins were fine. And I remember we got, pregnant like in that cycle like that I also had the testing and I remember like found like you know I found out I had an underactive thyroid but I guess by that point it was too late and I think I you know had a miscarriage a few weeks later and yeah and I was able to bring it up to my OB and she was like oh okay that's probably what did it and I was like oh well (laughs) you could have brought this up too you know that's frustrating yeah but that you could have done the testing earlier and Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it was really a frustrating experience because I actually did ask for uh, the you know the one test, not mm-hmm. the I didn't know to ask for like the autoimmune disorder test, but okay, um, I asked to just like test my thyroid levels because mm-hmm. my mom and sister both have hypothyroidism, oh, and wow. I I vaguely heard it had some effect on fertility. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know much. So I brought it up with my family doctor. So she did test that, but because uh, there's like a different mm-hmm. range for when you're not pregnant, that mm-hmm. is considered normal. And then if you're pregnant, there's like, you, you know, your hormone mm-hmm. levels seem to be a lot lower. Right. So she, I guess, just didn't know that or something. So she basically said, everything's normal. You're, you know, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. And so it was only later when I was doing my own research that I was like, actually, my levels were too high back then. Oh, wow. Um, and they needed to be lower mm-hmm. because I was trying to get pregnant. Right. Um, and so I think there's like just not, yeah, a- enough uh, like family medicine doctors that, that know mm-hmm. a lot about this. And so that's why like I really advocate for people, you know, if they do have want to test this or they do want to, you know, have any thyroid issues in their family to like go to a specialist, like Mm -hmm. an endocrinologist or someone who is, is going to be really knowledgeable about thyroid issues. Yeah. The endocrinologist I ended up going to, um, had a ton of pictures of babies all over his wall. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I guess it's, it's because he deals a lot with that basically with like thyroid issues and, and trying to get people pregnant. And I was like, so amazed because like you said, a lot of family doctors and stuff don't seem to have a good base of knowledge for that, which is shocking because so many people I think do have thyroid problems and it is hereditary or it can be, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, it, it seems like a, that information. Yeah. It would be a simple question and mm-hmm. to ask me, Oh, do you have any thyroid issues in your family? Right. Especially after my first miscarriage, like, 
yeah. why wasn't that question asked or like, why didn't mm-hmm. we explore something like that? And, you know, and, I, and just like, like more preconception counseling, like that's not really a thing that we do. Yes. Yes. It's, we don't go to, and talk to a doctor about all these potential, potential things we could run into while trying to conceive or during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. It's sort of addressed after the fact, after you're pregnant, then you'll go talk to an OB and right. um, maybe, you know, a specialist after that. But by then mm-hmm. it could be too late. Like, like what happened with yeah. you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Well, and you too, obviously. Um, I know it's so interesting because I remember when I, like, I remember being in parenting groups when I was trying to get pregnant and, you know, the question was asked a lot. Um, in this one particular group, because I think it was a lot of, of a lot of us trying to get pregnant. And, you know, it was like, well, what can I do? And, you know, a lot of people talked about, oh, you know, you can like, stop drinking a few months before you're trying to get pregnant and, you know, get your birth control out and start taking prenatals a few months before you're even trying and stuff like that. And I'm like, why aren't like doctors telling us this? Like, why do we have to find this information out through like, you know, Google and Facebook? <laughs> like, it, mm-hmm. it's kind of ridiculous. Like you said, why is why is there no preconception counseling because it shouldn't be like it should be actually pretty easy to like you know i don't know like go to your ob obgyn and be like hey i want to get pregnant in the next six months what should i do but i feel like that's not a question we ask and it's not like a question that they're prepared to answer necessarily yeah and a lot of us don't even have ob's until Mm -hmm. we're pregnant you know so it's like yeah establishing that care early on Mm -hmm. i think would would be really nice if they encouraged encouraged that. So you asked, was it your was it your OBGYN that you asked for the testing after your second miscarriage? Um, yeah, we did a lot of testing because I was okay. kind of like, I don't want to leave like any stone unturned. Like, mm-hmm. I, so I did some through, you know, just like my family doctor. I just kind of requested a bunch of tests, and she mm-hmm. um, did them, and then would talk to my OB about it, and then we did see like a you know, a reproductive specialist and talked to her as well and did, um, yeah, like some other blood work and, and, um, you know, some, a few other things just to make sure we weren't missing anything, even though like once I read about the thyroid issues, I was like, okay, this, this is a clear thing that could have caused the two, Mm -hmm. two miscarriages. Mm -hmm. We also checked, tested the tissue after the second miscarriage and found out that it was just like a normal, uh, you know, chromosomally normal fetus. And so like, Oh, interesting. That kind of tipped us off to be like, okay, mm-hmm. so it's, you know, it's something going on, you know, mm-hmm. in my body that's, that's doing this. Right. That must've been so hard to, to find that out. How did you feel about that? Uh, I, I'm still processing it. I mean, it's really hard mm-hmm. just to realize that, there might've been something we could have done. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think, yeah, just miscarriage is hard enough as it is just to go through a loss yeah. like that. And, and so, yeah, I still, you know, think about it a lot and, and, and yeah, feel angry. And I mean, I know, you know, it's like we did the best we could. It's just, I feel like there's, system-wide issues that could really be addressed to like prevent this from happening to other women but it's definitely hard I mean I don't know how it was for you but just the yeah the what-ifs or the just thinking about what those you know 
mm-hmm. babies would have been like and like the my due dates came up, you know, just thinking about where I would have been on my journey. Yeah. 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 I, honestly, the due date is really tough. It's a tough day. Like yeah. I, I remember last year cause my, my due date was the end of December. And so I was last year, I had like just hit the viability point of like 20, you know, 24 weeks. Um, and it might've been like 26 weeks or something by the, by that miscarriage due date. And, um, and it was a tough day. And honestly, even this year, when you know I, I had a baby in my arms, it was it was still a tough day, though. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still I still remember. And um, yeah, it's it's so hard that so many women go through this, especially because you know they're. I do think, or at least I hope that if there were, like you said, more you know systemic issues addressed and preconception counseling, like maybe some of this could be avoided for some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, it, it really, I think, yeah, people assume, oh, once I, you know, have a viable pregnancy, once I give birth, the, you know, I'll, I won't really think about this anymore or mm-hmm. I'll feel okay. And it is interesting how it's, that's just not quite how it, it tends to affect women. It's like, mm-hmm. it, I feel like it really affected my experience of pregnancy, you know, like how I have gone through this successful, quote unquote, successful pregnancy. It's like, mm-hmm you know, I feel like I haven't totally let myself, um, really enjoy the pregnancy because I've kind of always been anxious and mm-hmm. am I going to get to the next week? You know, is, is this gonna, what's kind of what's around the corner? Is there going to be some other, you know, thing that goes wrong or something scary that happens? I feel like I'm kind of on edge and I think it's maybe a little harder to get connect with, with the baby while I'm pregnant, just fearing, fearing what, what could happen. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it kind of makes me sad sometimes of like, Oh, I wonder what my pregnancy would have been like. My experience of pregnancy would have been like if, if the first one had, had gone. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. That that's really hard. So when did you after, so after just, sorry, just walking back a little bit, um, after you discovered you had the thyroid issue and you got medication, you, you guys, after a little bit, I guess, started to try again and, and things worked out. Yeah. We tried again. And like literally that month we were pregnant again, wow. um, <laughs> which, the, you know, the first pregnancy, I think it took like five or six months to get mm-hmm. pregnant. And then, uh, the second one I think was four months. So yeah, just having it happen that quickly, I was like, okay, maybe, maybe <laughs> like the, the thyroid issue was also affecting just like, mm-hmm. I mean, not that those are long times to be trying, but Um, but yeah, just for it to happen so quickly after that. You mentioned you were anxious. Yes, definitely. Especially right at the beginning and, you know, throughout the whole first trimester. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, but we did, you know, I like ended up switching OBs and I found someone who I really liked and was, um, I mean, she even like, it was, it was very clear the rule that you could not have a per, you know, your partner come with you. Mm. and in the room and and so um she like made an exception she said you know give them everything you've been through like the for the first ultrasound um it's okay that you bring you know your partner with you and so she was sort of like you know don't tell people like (laughs) as long as it's not like really busy if it's really busy here maybe he won't be able to come in but Mm -hmm. um I just was I was like all right I 
I already love you. It's like, that's amazing that you're letting oh, this, you know, yeah. him come in. And, and uh, so, I, yeah, I felt like she really, she got it and she understood just how yeah traumatic it can be. And, and so we came in pretty early. Like, I think we weren't even six weeks yet. Cause I was just like, so on edge, like oh. I want to check in um, and that we were actually able to see the heartbeat that early. Wow. Um, so that was pretty cool to mm. experience. But of course, right afterwards, I was like, okay, that's great. But like, it can, you know, still mm-hmm. things can go poorly after that. And so I was still, I had like, you know, momentary like elation of an excitement. And then it was like back to worrying and feeling anxious. Oh. Um, and so, so, but she was really great about just like any little thing. She, she I would come in and she would do another ultrasound. I had, I had quite a few ultrasounds that, that oh. first month. Because yeah. um, I also had some bleeding and like, you know, mm-hmm. just other things come up. And so she was um she was like all right let's just schedule another one for next week just to like ease your mind and I was like oh Mm. thank you uh so that was really nice to find find a doctor like that who really uh, I felt like really cared about you know my experience and yeah like that level of empathy is not is definitely not easy to find yeah it, it really is not and so I really appreciated that so yeah it was it was kind of touch and go for that first Mm -hmm. trimester um I think especially like you know I didn't have bleeding before my miscarriages but Mm -hmm. still it's like if you've gone through a miscarriage and you're bleeding I just panic it's like yeah panic yeah um and so yeah that was hard to to get through Mm -hmm. um and it has gotten you know it's gotten a little better as the weeks progressed and as time went on um you know the second trimester I I started to to relax into a little bit more and Mm -hmm. um but I think I am you know I'm always like okay if we can just get to this week if we can just get to (laughs) yeah the 20 week ultrasound okay now the 24 week viability and Mm -hmm. so now I'm kind of finally to the point where I'm like okay (laughs) now I'm just thinking about you know the delivery and labor and stuff and mm-hmm. like we've, we've made it to a point where I feel okay um, yeah yeah well you're like right almost in the middle of the third trimester now right mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 that's I think that's when at least for from what I've heard from others also who have had miscarriages I think that's when things finally start to settle down the second trimester um I remember the same thing you were saying. Like, I remember just like counting down like the, the different, you know, milestones of pregnancy, but with the, with the thinking that like, you know, anything can go wrong. And if I could just make it to this date, then I'll be calm. And of course, like you said before, I was like elated for a little bit and then I would get nervous again until the next milestone. Mm-hmm. So it's, it was definitely tough, but you know, but it sounds like you're finally kind of at a, at a better place. I hope. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Now I feel like we, you know, yeah, we're working on the baby room. Like there's, there's a lot to look forward to and, um, you know, think about. And so, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm less about like, okay, we got to just like get to the next week. So the everything's okay. And more just being like, all right, let's uh, enjoy this time of anticipation and excitement. And um, of course, 
labor definitely has, you know, I have some anxieties about that, <laughs> but that's, that's, I think I would be having, you know, regardless of. Yeah. Yeah. So how did it feel? Because you, you know, when you started to try to get pregnant, obviously we weren't in a pandemic and then you, you know, eventually now you're pregnant in, a, in the pandemic. Um, how did it feel to kind of know going into all of this that, you know, your partner's not going to be able to be there for appointments and, and just like all the crazy news happening around pregnancy and, and birth, especially early on when, part, when, you know, women had to give birth by themselves, which is just like horrendous. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm curious how you kind of felt going into all of this, knowing that, you know, the news is uncertain and, and you might not know what to expect really. Yeah. Oh, it was really hard. I mean, my husband's in medicine. He's a doctor. Okay. So that was really scary knowing mm-hmm. that he was, he couldn't stay home from work. He had to go in mm-hmm. um, and see patients. And so I think, you know, at first there's, I mean, so much fear. And I, I remember thinking, well, if I do get pregnant, I'll maybe I'll just like quarantine, like go up to like my mom's house and just like, kind of like distance myself from my husband. (laughs) Um, But in reality, like, you know, that wasn't like an option for us. And I, it would have been too hard to to like leave um, that long. Mm -hmm. Um, So we just kind of like came up with some routines that helped ease our worries. I mean, there was still, Mm -hmm. it was still a hard time, but you know, he would like, come home and like have this whole routine of like showering and like putting all his work clothes in the washing machine and like mm-hmm. kind of keeping his distance from me until after he showered and stuff. And so, yeah, we tried, you know, we tried to take as many precautions as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, I really just kind of have been at home. I feel like the whole time, you know, I haven't really taken a lot of risks and, getting pregnant again. I mean, I think by the third pregnancy, it was like summertime and cases weren't as bad, you know, here at least Mm -hmm. during that time. Um, so I did like, we did get to see my family for a few, you know, we did like some camping trips and like Mm -hmm. go up there and that really helped to like having a few things like that look forward to. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I mean, oh, and the, yeah, him not being there, like, for the most part, you know, I got pretty comfortable with my OB and felt supported by her. And so mm-hmm. that was nice. And and he would be on the phone, like we, she'd let him be on the phone. Right. But I remember the 20 week one that was in like a different department. It was like through the radiology department. That's, oh, wow. Um, you know, the really long one where they look mm-hmm. at me and stuff. And that one, I was like, oh, it'd be so great if he could come in. Like, maybe we can just ask. He can just, like, come with me, be outside, be in the parking lot. And we can just ask, mm-hmm. is there any way he could come in? And so I go. Then she calls me in, and I asked the, the, the ultrasound tech. Mm-hmm. And she just was, like, I was just kind of shocked by her reaction because she was really mean about it. She was just kind of, like, oh. snapped at me. Like, no, that's, like, we can't do that and she just kind of went like went off about I guess I'm I'm assuming other women have asked yeah maybe she was like having a bad day I don't know what was going on but she she, like reacted so strongly that I just like burst into tears and then I was you know I didn't think it was a good chance he would even like be able to come in Mm -hmm. before I asked but like I think I just with her like strong reaction I 
And I was, it's already an emotional, you know, ultrasound. Mm -hmm. And so then like, I just, yeah, I couldn't, I I was like crying through most of it and just couldn't. She was like, do do you want to come back? Do you want to reschedule? And I was like, no, I'm here. Like, let's just do this. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was really hard. That one was really hard for me to not have him there. And I, I still am like, yeah, I'm not totally sure why. I had such a strong reaction, but it was just a really mm-hmm. emotional ultrasound. It is. It's a, I, I think that's like, I mean, it is, it's like you said, it's like the big one with the anatomy and everything. And I think that it's, um, that's like the one you always see in movies, you know, mm-hmm. when like, it's like you and your partner and, you know, you find out the sex of the baby and, you know, you see that the heart is good and, and all that, all that stuff. And I feel like there's just a lot of, expectation of how we hope that moment will happen and um Mm -hmm. i am i am kind of shocked though by the ultrasound tech i mean i hope she was like just having a bad day or something i yeah i know you know i don't it was a little frustrating to like yeah yeah well i want to be like i want to tell her like you know this is a lot harder for the pregnant women Mm -hmm. right like Mm -hmm. you know like that's tough Ugh, i'm so sorry but yeah i think there is just this feeling of like loss sometimes of like, Oh, mm-hmm. we're not, we're not having, yeah. The, the experience that we'd hoped, you know, like this, right. how you imagined it is mm-hmm. so different from that. And so it's yeah. like kind of mourning, mourning that. And I feel like there's been a few moments during the pregnancy where I like, even like a, a, the most recent one was like having a baby shower. Like we're not going to have a baby mm-hmm. shower. And it's like, you know, I I didn't think I would react that strongly to not having a baby shower. You know, I was mm. uh, not like I was, I've been planning it for years or anything. And so I was like, yeah, I think it's just, I just assumed I would have one and it's right. not, it's not going to happen. And so. Is it too difficult to do like a virtual one or are you just like not into that idea? We might do a small virtual one, but I think, mm. yeah, it's just. I'm, I'm feeling a little like zoom fatigue, like most people. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, we kind of are thinking we can maybe do some sort of a gathering like later this summer mm-hmm. after the baby comes. And so, right. That's right. kind of what we decided. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think, um, Oh God, there's like a name for, I can't remember the name for it, but there's like a name for the post, you know, post baby arrival, shower type thing so yeah like a sip and see is that i heard yeah say I, that. I, I think and you're right i, think I that's thought it was kind of a funny name i was like <laughs> people just like sipping their wine glass like looking at the baby <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah i remember that's right i because i remember going to one with my husband when we when we were like maybe a year into dating and it was one of his coworkers with their second baby so they didn't like you know they didn't have a, a shower for the second one and um it was nice, you know, it was still something. So, yeah, you know, I think, I think in some ways it, it can be even nicer because at least people then get to also like see the baby and stuff. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I think it'll work out, but it, it is, it does feel like I think now being at this point, mm-hmm. I, I think I understand the baby shower a little bit more like before, you know, not having kids. I was like, okay, it's just like a, a you know, a way for a couple to like get a, some baby gear and like get, get a bunch of stuff for the baby. I think now I'm, I'm seeing it more as like a way to mark this, this uh, dramatic change in life. You know, it's mm-hmm. like a way for you to like feel your community around you as you go into yeah. this like next phase of life. Um, 
And so I think that that's a little hard to not have that because it feels like mm. this, this big thing is coming. Um, but we're kind of, you know, in a bubble and not, I'm not, you know, f- feeling that community around me. I'm not um, mm-hmm. feeling like this, we're marking the transition in any way. And so mm-hmm. I think that that's kind of what I'm mourning. Yeah, that's, that's really tough. It's, um, I think that's honestly one of the biggest things that people that I think didn't, that don't, maybe don't have kids or had kids before the pandemic. I think that, you know, it's like you said, it's easy to think about the baby showers, you know, just like a party and, and, you know, a gift grab or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it is, it is this like big moment to just like acknowledge with all your family and friends that like, mm-hmm. you're going to be a different person in a few months or weeks. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. And, um, yeah, that's tough. That's like a really big thing. I think that us, you know, pandemic parents par- or parents who became parents in the pandemic or or even had their second and third babies, like that's mm-hmm. it's definitely something to miss out on. And it's, it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember someone saying maybe on Instagram or something, I can't remember now, um, that for the history of mankind, we've never like had to do this on our own. You know, we've always lived in these like, you know, tribes and communities where women were supported by, you know, by the matriarchs or by their, you know, neighbors or whatever, but we always had some, some people around us, right? Like as we were mm-hmm. pregnant and, and having the baby in the early months and all that. And it's, it's tough. It's tough to do this on our own, I think. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not really meant for that. And even in the U.S., I think we do it more on our own than other countries and other yes. cultures. Mm-hmm. But but yet we still, yeah, tend to have yeah. a lot of support right. going through this. Right. Mm-hmm. Has it been tough that like, you know, essentially no one has even seen your belly, like your bum? <laughs> yeah, I was saying that I could have easily just had a secret pregnancy the whole time. <laughs> like, yeah. Not told anyone and then just showed up with a baby later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is kind of strange to yeah feel like I'm doing this almost in secrecy but Mm -hmm. um yeah you know I'll try to send people photos or you know right on like a zoom call Mm -hmm. was it I hope you don't mind me asking but was it difficult to tell people especially like family that you were pregnant or did you not tell them like did you reveal your miscarriages before or I did yeah I I told quite a few people I I would say I told the most people after the first pregnancy um Mm -hmm. Like when I was still pregnant, I was like just so, oh. so excited about it. So I was telling yeah, yeah. quite a few people, um, and then and then to, you know, of course, told people about the miscarriage. Mm-hmm. I did find it really hard when I hadn't told someone I had I had been pregnant to tell them about the miscarriage because it kind of felt mm-hmm. it it felt like they didn't under know the whole story. You know, like mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, this this happened, and I'm like. Um, you know, it was hard to kind of convey what it was actually like to go through it um, mm-hmm. after the fact. But uh, so then the second one, I, again, you know, I told, I was definitely, you know, I remember telling like my mom and I was like, you know, the the way I told her was so different from the first time. Cause I was oh. just like, I don't know if it's a viable pregnancy, but I got a positive test and we're, we're going to go in, you know, it's kind of like, like, don't get excited yet. Like we don't know. Um, and so I think yeah, even the third pregnancy, I was kind of telling people like, all right, 
here we go again. Like, here's another positive test. Like, we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, I remember reading the one woman said after miscarriage, you the the positive pregnancy test no longer like means what it means for other people. Like mm-hmm. the first ultrasound is the new positive pregnancy test, basically. Yeah. After going through miscarriage. And that really resonated. I was like, yeah, it does feel like it's just mm-hmm. hard to get that same excitement again um, until you you know that things are going okay. Yeah, I remember my therapist at the time said that there's just like a loss of innocence that happens when you have your first miscarriage because yeah, like after that, you're just not as, you're not able to get as excited. You know, there's, there's just like a different feeling Mm -hmm. and, and that's tough. You know, like, like you were saying earlier, like you, you really miss out on like what you wanted the pregnancy to be like and, you're filled with just different feelings. I mean, some yeah. obviously some still good, but definitely some bad, bad and anxious feelings yeah. and stuff. And it's it's a different experience. And, and I complex, imagine like yeah. yes, definitely more complex. And I imagine like for you at least, like being pregnant the whole time in the pandemic, like has added ugh, an extra layer of anxiety, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, it does I do feel like there is something like it kind of took over the other pregnancy stresses. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like I remember my first one, I was so stressed about like listeria. Like I was really worried about getting listeria. And so I was like, uh, you know, like washing vegetables like three times each and stuff like doing <laughs> kind of going overboard. Um, and then the, the current pregnancy, it's like COVID just took over. And I was like, I don't even care about listeria anymore. It seems so like... <laughs> It was yeah. so rare and like not a big deal. Like, you know, <laughs> compared to COVID, I was it kind of mm. took over my uh anxiety. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. We kind of had that with the with the Tdap vaccine because we made all of our parents, you know, get the Tdap because we mm-hmm. were like, oh, like what if the baby gets whooping cough? Like this is terrible and it's mm-hmm. preventable. And, you know, and then we had the baby a few weeks into the pandemic. And I remember being like, like I think a couple months later. My dad was like, oh, yeah, remember you made us get the Tdap? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> that's so <laughs> like, quaint, yeah. Yeah, so quaint. <laughs> Just whooping cough, you know. Uh, yeah. I know, but these other things that we're, like, told to stress about during pregnancy mm-hmm. are, are quite rare. I mean, it's right. really unlikely for any of that to happen. Yeah. But, yeah, we're told, okay, you have to be really careful to, like, not mm-hmm. get this, which I, I get. I mean, if you can take precautions. Sure, yeah. of course. Like we want to do everything as possible, but uh, yeah, compared to sort of the, the pandemic world, it's like oh, those mm. seem pretty small uh, risk factors at this point. Yes, yes, for sure. So, how is your like last trimester going at this point? I I would say the last trimester uh, so far has I would probably been the the better one. I mean, I, who knows what I'll be seeing like in the last month when I'm mm. really uncomfortable, but I had uh, more pain in the second trimester. I had like sciatica pain, um, mm. you know, a lot of back pain. And, and so this, yeah, c- you know, compared to that, I've, I've been pretty comfortable. Um, I would say, af- yeah, after maybe like 26 weeks, uh, things started to, to be okay. And, which I was surprised by because I thought 
I just assumed all the pain would happen later on. Um, right. But, but yeah, it's, it's going pretty well. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, of course there's always little things like just like we were talked about earlier is the sleep, you know, sleep is always hard Mm -hmm. getting comfortable when I'm sleeping. Um, and then, you know, like, I feel like I'm just like losing space to, to eat meals and stuff. (laughs) But other than that, it's, it's been, I would say one of the easier trimesters. That's good. Do you feel that your anxieties have calmed down a little bit or are you kind of just now, I guess, anxious about labor? Yeah. I mean that it's, it's funny because I feel like I got to the third trimester and I was like, okay, we, we got to this milestone, you know, like I'm just always Mm -hmm. thinking about getting to the next milestone. And then it was, I went to my appointment and she handed me like some paperwork about like my birth plan and like what I wanted for labor and you know, like the, the social security information for when the baby's born. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like I haven't really thought about this part. Like I haven't really thought about the labor. I was, I was just so focused on getting to the next, right. The next, you know, milestone. Yeah. And, and so I did have a little panic attack. I was like, Oh my gosh, I have oh. to like think about, you know, like what, what do I want for labor and all this. Right. And, and we right. did. It was exciting because in our area, um, they didn't allow, they only allow one person in the room, but Mm. in the last couple of months, like, um, the community here of doulas really advocated to be considered essential workers and that they really needed to be in the room. Um, Mm. and so the, our clinic here, the like clinic hospital system here, Mm. um, they, agreed and allowed said that they were now allowed to be in the room in addition to your partner. Wow. And so once I, I heard that, I got really excited because I just assumed it wouldn't be a possibility during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we just interviewed someone and uh, we're, as of now, she'll be allowed to be in the room. And so we're planning to have oh, a doula with us. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, which I'm, yeah, I'm really excited about. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm I'm trying not to like get too set on it because yeah who knows like the world is very unpredictable right something right. could happen that she won't be be there but you know mm-hmm. she's going to provide a lot of support you know mm-hmm. just beforehand and afterwards so like I still think it's well worth it um, yeah I, yeah I would definitely say so I mean we sort of like you we hired a doula you know like later in the third trimester. Um, mm-hmm. I know some people like hire them as soon as they're pregnant and stuff, but um, I will say, you know, our doula couldn't be there because it was so early in the pandemic, but she spent like all day texting with my husband when I was in labor and she really helped. Like, you know, when I, when I first was in early labor, like she helped me figure out when I should start going to the hospital and honestly, like since then we still keep in touch and she's oh. become like almost like a little, like a friend. You know, um, nice to hear. Yeah. yeah, And it's been, you know, and especially like earlier on, like she would, you know, just check in or like offer support, you know, and if I, you know, when I I was having breastfeeding issues in the beginning, like she offered to like connect me with lactation support and, you know, stuff like that. And yeah, I think that, you know, doulas are really amazing, like incredible people that, that just put in so much like emotional work into helping mothers and to help women and parents become, you know, parents mm-hmm. and mothers that I'm, I'm sure like, even if, you know, 
even if God forbid she your your dual ends up not being able to be there, I think that you know ultimately it'll it'll still be a good relationship because I, I just think like every dual I've ever like talked to has just been like such a warm person, mm-hmm. warm helpful person. Yeah, and just like what you're saying with support, sometimes lacking after you give birth. Mm-hmm. Like I think mm-hmm. that too, like just knowing that we're gonna have someone who we can check in with and um, yeah. And, you know, because of the pandemic, normally we would have like a six hour in-person childbirth class that right. was offered through the hospital. And mm-hmm. that was over. We just did it a couple of weeks ago and it was over mm-hmm. Zoom and it was about an hour and a half. And like, uh, really, we you know, like kind of rushed <laughs> through the information. I think she's had like three minutes about some breathing techniques. Oh, geez. I was like, right. Hey, I, I feel pretty unprepared if this is all we, oh, no. we have. And so knowing that she'll she'll be able to help us, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, think more about various techniques and strategies. Yeah. And, oh yeah, um, I'm sure. And just even the like, you know, like when I panicked or like birth plan, like I don't know what I want. She'll, you know, she'll <laughs> help me kind of figure out mm-hmm. okay, what what do I care about? What's not a big deal? You know, all of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I will say I remember, um, like we did go to our, you know, hospital class, because it was, it was right before. But um, I actually took, there's um the website Motherly, if you know it, they mm-hmm. had, and I think they, I think they sh- should hopefully still have it, but they had like a free online like birthing class and I remember it was pretty lengthy it was like six different sessions and like videos I remember remember it was pretty complete so if you need more info I would definitely recommend that because I I remember doing it um you know just like I think it was like the weekend before I gave birth just like as a refresher course and it was it was Uh very detailed I really enjoyed that class I think it was that's that's really great definitely definitely more than an hour yeah definitely more than an hour and a half too yeah yeah really nice to hear mm-hmm. that there's resources like that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one thing I will say, and I'm sure your doula will help with this too, is just like having a, like a postpartum plan. I think a lot of women like focus on like the birth plan and don't mm-hmm. think about what you want in like the first weeks after. And um, yeah, just having like the number of a lactation consultant on hand. Cause like I didn't right. and, and I, and people told me to, to have a number just in case. And I, and I, you know, I ended up having to just like talk to my pediatrician about it and she gave me a number, thankfully that was pretty easily to ac- easy to access. But, um, but yeah, you know, just like stuff like that, that you're not necessarily thinking of, but you know, unfortunately I think that we, I, I do think, um, we plan a lot for labor and then we mm-hmm. kind of forget that like the hard part is after not that labor is easy, you That's know, a really good point. Yeah. 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 I always, I, I try to remember that now. Cause I'm like, man, I wish like someone had told me, cause I, I actually thankfully ended up having like a really pretty easy, like standard. I kind of like joke that it's like a textbook, you know, labor and delivery story. Cause everything just kind of went like it should. And, and I didn't really have any complications thankfully and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it was sort of like the stuff after that I, I was less prepared for. So yeah, that's a really good just point. Because yeah. I think once you're there, you're not, you don't really, you're not in the mindset to like, oh, let me do a lot of research about mm-hmm. what, to, mm-hmm. what to do now. It's like, you're kind of. Yes, yes. Yeah, you're just like mode. tired and yeah, yeah, sort of total survival mode and, you know, tired yeah. and sleep deprived and all that good stuff. And uh, 
Yeah, I mean it's you know it's a good time, but I think that's again that's like one of the reasons why doulas are so great because they can they can provide that like additional support mm-hmm. in the postpartum period too. Can I ask, um, you know, because you did mention that you've you know obviously had heightened anxiety and stuff through this pregnancy, how have you been dealing with that? Like, do you have self care practices or how does that go for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I like I think really trying to focus on just the you know my current day or moment it's Mm -hmm. it's really helped and I have like even the um I don't know if you had any of these apps but I had like some apps to track my cycle uh, Mm -hmm. while getting pregnant and so I've been using one of those as just like to see how many days I've been pregnant and I'll just look forward I only allow myself to look forward like five days so I'm like okay if I can Mm -hmm. just make it you know five more days um Mm. And so that, I think that's helped just kind of break it up into to smaller chunks. So I'm not like thinking about, okay, we have two more weeks to wait till the next ultrasound or this, you know, mm. you know, however many months of being pregnant. And so right. um, that, that has helped me. And then, I mean, definitely just having like my dog here and, and mm. going on walks and, and having like my husband's support. Mm. Um, and, and talking, you know, talking to friends on the phone or through Zoom, I think right. has gotten me through a lot of this. Well, so I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I did want to hear, um, do you want to talk a little bit about your work? Like, I'd love to hear about your book. Especially. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, my book is uh, a pretty different topic. It's about <laughs> uh, North Dakota's oil boom. Um, mm-hmm. And so I spent uh, as well, the whole process was about four years uh, researching wow. and writing this book. And I lived out there over a summer and then would, you know, travel back and forth. Um, and so I, fo- I follow like five different people as they go through this time, basically this time period of um, living in this boom town and, um, you know, or the farmers that have been living there and like having drilling rigs on their land and just what, what this whole experience is like and kind of look at it as, you know, we're, we're doing, we're using fracking to drill for oil all over the country now. And like, what Mm -hmm. is this, what is this like actually on the ground? And like, what is it like for the people who live there, the people working there? Um, And so, so yeah, I, it came out in 2017 and um, was just, yeah, a very interesting experience to yeah. write that book. Yeah. Are you working on anything now? Um, I'm not working on any book projects, but I still mm-hmm. am doing freelance writing and I, I'm, I'm not sure if it's like this for you, but it's kind of all over the place. Like <laughs> the topics I cover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also am doing some writing and consulting for this, um, immigration nonprofit called new American economy. And so I, I'll, uh, yeah, just work with different immigrants to, to tell their story and, and talk about some of the, the various issues going on right now with immigration. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's really exciting work. So, okay. One last question. And the, and I feel like we kind of talked about a little bit of this with the self-care stuff, but, um, the question I'd like to end end podcasts with is what is keeping you sane right now? And, you know, this can be like a routine or like therapy or, you know, your husband. Um, But, you know, I think a lot of us are, 
just so stressed during the pandemic, right? And, and being parents and pregnant and all that. So I, I'd love to hear what is helping you stay sane right now. Yeah, I'm like, hmm, is this Netflix? Uh, <laughs> 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 I do I do feel like having like really um, easy to watch shows has really mm-hmm. helped us like that aren't too heavy or they're kind of lighter shows or like, mm-hmm. easy, you know, easy, like we've like rewatched like a number of series, like a uh, Friday night lights and parenthood and mm-hmm. kind of these like easy to, to digest shows um, that I feel like have, have been helping us. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. definitely. Um, yeah. But yeah. I'm trying to think, I mean, definitely. I, I think I, I do enjoy this area because we can get outside most of the year, you know, we can go on hikes and, and go out into nature and that's mm-hmm. something that you know we haven't lost in the pandemic and so yeah I just I notice I I my mental health is a lot better like if mm-hmm. I make an effort to go out into nature at some point during the week and it's like northern California I guess yeah is that area mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah northern California Sonoma County um so of course we did have a terrible fire season oh so that, was, that was a really hard time yeah we couldn't, I couldn't you know, there's too much smoke in the air. You can really mm. go outside. Um, right. Oh, God. Were you pregnant at that time? Yes. I was also pregnant oh. at that time. <laughs> so that was, yeah, another fun stress. Mm-hmm. Um, so where can people find you? Do you have, like, Instagram or a website? For people yeah. I mean, yeah, I do have a website, just flarebryody.com. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook probably is where you could find me. Or, or yeah, or Instagram. Um yeah, I, I don't do a ton of social media, so I'm not like, the most active on social media, but occasionally I'll post it. Yeah, that's okay. You've got other things going on, especially <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being on here. This was lovely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was really nice to, yeah. to be on. I'm, I'm so impressed that you're doing a podcast right now. And, uh, <laughs> on top of everything else, I'm sure you're doing. Oh, man. I mean, to be honest, this is what's keeping me sane, so... <laughs> absolutely great to talk to Blair. I really, really loved her take on preconception counseling, and I totally see her point. I mean, as I mentioned, I am also someone who had thyroid issues and therefore had a miscarriage, even though we don't know for sure that that's what caused my miscarriage. It's clearly something that is very common and that Blair went through too. And, you know, I just don't understand why more doctors can't invest in preconception counseling. It is something that I think we could all benefit from. I also really felt for her when she said that A positive pregnancy test no longer means the same thing that it does before you have a miscarriage and how the first ultrasound really takes that place because, you know, the positive pregnancy test is just really a possibility and you don't know anything for sure until you see or hear that first little heartbeat. But man, I really felt for her there and I'm so glad that she now has a viable pregnancy and a little baby on the way. And honestly, what you said about pandemic worries... I am so waiting for a vaccine and hoping that that will make some of those worries calm down. But I mean, as you know, that's really why I started this podcast is to be able to talk about all of these worries that we all have because being pregnant and having a baby in a pandemic is just such a unique thing. And I'm so glad that I'm able to connect 
with people like Blair and hear their stories. So make sure you follow her. And as always, remember, you are not alone. Tune in next week for another honors conversation about the challenges and joys of being a pandemic mama. In the meantime, feel free to email me with your pandemic parenting questions at pandemicmamapod at gmail.com. Plus, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at pandemicmamapod for more updates. Also, I would really appreciate your ratings and reviews. As a new podcast, this is one of the best ways to get the word out about these stories. So please scroll down in your favorite podcast app, rate us five stars, and share a comment. Thank you. Pandemic Mama is produced and hosted by me, Irina Gonzalez, with art by Chiara Coco, music by FM underscore free music on SoundCloud, and editing by the best of husbands and best of men. I'll talk to you soon. Stay sane and stay safe.